Hey, what's up, everybody? We got Brother Bomani on the line with us. Today, we're going to be talking about repatriation. This brother is a dynamic, dynamic brother. He's a dynamic brother, and he's got some tourism going on. This brother, he's got an organization called Africa for the Africans, and this brother is going to tell you a little bit more about who he is, his initiatives with a touring piece, with repatriation, and how he has been involved with the uh, Pan-African movement. This brother is a phenomenal guy, man. You guys... You guys got to hear from Brother Bomani. Brother Bomani, how you doing? Welcome to the show. All right, uh, greetings, family. Uh, this is Bomani Tamba from uh, Africa for the African Tourism Investment, and that's a business we've been doing since uh, 2006. So what got you involved in this movement for the, uh, for the Africa? Uh, yes, uh, uh, what really connected me to this, uh, uh, this uh, movement is uh, just wanting to know more about my roots uh, in the early 2000s, and uh, you know, after this, being a person that joined the U.S. Navy and spending time there, just uh, learning how to build my craft as an aircraft technician and uh, getting a job here in Atlanta, but at the Atlanta airport. And then, you know, just, uh, people know Atlanta as a, you know, as a, a city uh, full of black folks. Uh, so just coming down here, I was able to meet people in, into their roots and culture and started to build an interest and wanted to read some of the books that they were reading and you know, go to some of the meetings they want, they were going to, and you know, be a part of uh, you know energy about uh, going to Africa. But ultimately, it was uh, myself going to Africa in 2004, you know, doing a practical stage of it because you can read books, you can study, you can do many things, but there's nothing like experience in the experience. So I started building my mindset on that. Like you know, I hear uh, our folks talking about Africa and things like that, and especially from a conscious mindset, but I don't hear it more from the mainstream. So I wanted to go ch- uh, check out the continent, uh, record everything, which is from 2004 to now, that's uh, what I do this with a passion and to share all the experience because once I got to the continent in 2004, which is um, Senegal in, in, um, in March of 2004 and then Egypt in April of 2004, it just changed the dynamics of my mindset, especially the trip to Senegal because now you're dealing with African Holocaust, uh, especially when you go to a place called Gori Island. Uh, it's similar to what we know in Ghana as Cape Coast and Elmina uh, African Holocaust dungeons, where Africans, African ancestors uh, were stolen. Uh, so having that connection and wanting to know more and then while you're learning more, you're actually connected into historical places. And then, you know, Egypt itself right there, that's just, you know, just the incredible history of this ancient uh, history of our ancestors just physically still being up to where you can look at it, connect to it, and say, you know, this this is our greatness. Uh, so on that energy, uh, just really connecting, wanted to spend more time and go to other countries. So in 2005, they did, did the same. I went to a few different countries, including South Africa and uh, Kenya. And uh, then 2006, that's when I really started just trying to see if I can just put together packages to get more people to come to Africa. And I went to uh, my fifth country, uh, the Gambia, then the sixth country, Ghana. And once I got to Ghana, it was just it right there. That's found something special where I can really start doing these um, tours and connecting our own people to that experience. Um, because once I went in 2004, it was no doubt that we need to show our brothers and sisters what's going on in Africa as far as how peaceful and wonderful energy is. And the whole time I'm going to all these countries, I'm telling you, brother, not one single issue or problem. Just being able to get around, and even though it wasn't like what we have now with like 20, 30 people, we had no problems, and it, just, you know, it was just unbelievable love. And you still couldn't believe it because you've been told and lied to so many 
you know, for you know, basically your whole life about Africa. And uh, once you see the truth, you just have to uh, share it. So that was a sixth country, and I spent about 10 plus straight years of continuing to go to Ghana and kind of building a foundation and learning more about living and doing business in Africa and learning about how we can get land and, and put our money together and build communities and went through a few phases of trying to work with other people with land. Uh, it didn't work out as good, but nevertheless, kept on going to Africa, kept on going to other countries, and now in 2019, um, which is the last time I was in uh, Africa. Um, that was well, Mark, really quick, if I can, really quick, if I can, because you mentioned some phenomenal, some phenomenal points. You've been traveling back and forth to Africa for, you know, maybe 10 years or so. You have uh, the tourism piece going on. You mentioned the Black Holocaust. Now, I don't know if our listeners heard you when you said the Black Holocaust. You mentioned Cape Coast. You mentioned Almina. Tell us a little bit more personally about what your experience was like when you visited these Black Holocaust sites for the very first time and what made you stay in close proximity to the, to the Black Holocaust sites and to begin your tourism? Uh, yes, um, the, the, and the three places, um, and I'll just name a few places and, and summarize them all together because they all have relevant uh, interests. Uh, in Senegal is Island, Gori Island. Um, then you have uh, Cape Coast, Elmina, uh, Ghana, um, in the central region, then you have um, Wida Benin, and those are literally the four most popular ones, two in Ghana, one in Benin, and one in um, Senegal. And just appreciate just having a different variation of history um, of just what happened to ancestors because, you know, once you start studying, you know, you want to make sure that you're clear about what's going on. And in order to be clear, you really have to do additional research because this is not something that uh, you're going to learn in high school or university or anywhere outside of this. Your own studies are really being connected to certain people. Uh, but, but as far as going there, when you're in these places, as far as you can sense the energy of your ancestors, you can smell the blood. The, you know, you can, it kind of takes you back into, into time. And it, 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 you know, after a while you go there, it, it's kind of a little, a little simpler. But I'm talking about for the first time I went to uh, these um, uh, four uh, Holocaust dungeon uh, spaces, it literally just made you just wonder, you know, you know, it shows you the resilience of our people because, you know, you, you were stolen as African and then you're there and then you're just putting it all together. And it just really honestly just bring clarity and it really brings you into a mindset of peace to where you're clear about certain things. And then also boosts you with the energy like we have a lot of work to do because if this happens to our ancestors, this can still happen to us today as a people. And we see remnants of things like that and craziness going on where we're not secure as a people. So you also tell them folks that let's put our energy together, let's build a strong black Africa, let's build it to where no one will ever steal us again as a people, and we as a people can put together energy to rise and, and you know, all that energy. So it gives you a lot of strength, um, and for some people it, it, it wears you out because I do remember like, just having a, what you consider, like, not nightmares, but uh, nightmares to where, you know, you, you, you arrest it maybe for the next several weeks and it's consistently in your mind and it consistently just connecting with you. So after a while, I just figured the best thing was to do is take as many of my own brothers and sisters to those locations and for us to just use it as a connection point to kind of, you know, we, we talk about healing and that's really what it does. It, it heals your soul and just connects you to this, be ready for the revolution, I should say. You mentioned 2019. 
what happened in 2019 and uh, bring us up to speed from 2019 up to 2020 where we are today what initiatives do you have going on currently and i know that you're also involved with um conducting tours throughout the continent of africa um tell us a little bit more about that aspect as well and how our people can be involved in Yes, 2019 was that wonderful 2019 year for turn. And 2019 is also the last time I was in African continent. I was in South Africa in November uh, around Thanksgiving time with a group, and then I was in uh, Ghana um, around uh, Christmas and New Year's. And that was our 15 straight years of traveling to the African continent from 2004 to 2019. And that, you know, a 15-year mark of traveling and doing this thing, it gives you a great amount of experience. And also, a lot of things was literally starting to become clear. Like, we're literally able to start uh, getting our own land. And when I mean we, I've been building a repatriation group for the last 15 years, getting name numbers and email and talking to people and asking them, what, what do you think about us living and doing business in Africa and traveling to Africa? And that's a list of how I get a lot of the people to travel with me because I've built relationships. Some people I spent 5, 10, 15 years getting to know and building that connection because it's not a world where you're just going to find a bunch of people interested in Africa. Uh, so that marks the year where, you know, you start get, you, people start acknowledging you more as far as somebody who knows what they're doing because they've seen you do it so long and do it at a high level over and over. And that became a point where we started being clear about what we wanted to do in Ghana and also looking to expand into other countries. Like I mentioned to you, um, South Africa, but also um, was able to, thinking about a country, Tanzania, which we're heading to in approximately five days, November 20th. And it uh, takes you to a level where you see where you can kind of, okay, we can expand into this country and even add um, Senegal and Gambia um, to that schedule. And talking about Gambia, Gambia is another country. It has, uh, it has the birthplace of Kente, Kunta Kente, and you have a you have a location called James Island and Jufri, so you're going to learn more about the African Holocaust in that situation. I'll be able to share more with people in the future. Uh, so that's really the connection of that 15 years, and uh, it just really put me in a situation where now I can just literally just expand and offer other opportunities because after a while you have to just step up and think about leadership, think about just you know, organizing your people, and then the greatest thing that we can do is always going to be like cooperative economics, not just traveling to Africa but saying, hey, Let's put our money together, let's get land, let's invest in other things, and that's where we are now, and we're building more of the investment part of our business, uh, which is called Africa for Africans Tourism Investment. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, and I, I want to say that I appreciate you for taking time out to express your passion for what's going on in Africa and your involvement in Africa. You know, you've got brothers and sisters that want to come from the diaspora to Africa for the first time. Tell us a little bit about what your experience was like for the first time and how Africans that want to repatriate uh, to Ghana or to Africa today in 2020, 2021 coming up, how convenient, if that's a, a good word I can use, how convenient um, will that be for them? What type of challenges do they have to look forward to facing? Uh, yes, uh, uh, that's always an interesting uh, question. As far as myself, uh, once I first got to the, the continent, and the good thing about people like myself, everything I do is uh, literally planned out. You know, and that's from my, you know, my, my military naval roots because a lot of the stuff that I learned at that point was about being organized and about structuring yourself as a young man to, you know, to get things done more efficient. So 
Um, I'm always I'm always organizing things like you know I have I always have a ground team even when I never went to a country like I don't I never been to Tanzania and I already you know recruited the staff I got them checked out by friends of mine and things like that and just like that the business set up but even back in that time when I first started going between 2004 to 2006 uh, we just organized good people that we you know we still we can connect with and usually it's somebody from somebody that I know from America that live in that country. And we just kind of build that relationship. And then from there, they kind of connect us with the local people that we know. So that's always been a good way for me to get connected to the continent and be able to get connected to good people. And then, you know, we kind of check people out and build a relationship from there on. Uh, so my first set of experience was incredible at the greatest time. And this is when I used to also, when I went to countries, I used to stay back a little longer. So then I would just hang out with local people and then, uh, you know, my friends and things that live in that country, we would just move around and we just get a feel of the country. And, you know, it's kind of like you do, you're doing field research and building your experience. Um, and that's how I feel so strong about Africa now, uh, 15 years later, because I put that work in. And, um, and I kind of can give the best advice or consultation of people, like make this move, don't make this move. This is how you structure yourself. And it's kind of like being someone who's, you know, in a, in a efficient, uh, you know, like a person who's leading, you know, leading a professional team, and they got the experience and they're training and showing everybody else how to do it because they're so good at winning. And that's where I, I feel like I'm at now, and I want to get better because ultimately we have a great population of brothers and sisters in America where if we use about 5% of that population and connect them to Africa, we can do incredible things. Uh, but a lot of times the issue is literally the ground game. So uh, once I was able to really have a good time and be you know, be, be feel safe and feel connected. I kept on us going and going and, you know, you're kind of doing something to see how things are going to mature for the time frame because anyone can go to any country and have a good time for once or twice. But when you go to Ghana and you have a great time for 13 straight years on 17 journeys and you have little to no problems or any problems or issue that you have, you and your crew or staff was able to work out and fix and things like that, that is a beautiful thing. So it really put us in a situation where we can do this long term so if anyone wants to connect with us, we'll be able to connect them with the right people, the right energy. The ideal thing is always to come on the tours with us. We have business conference. We go to actually see the land that we as a group own, uh, and our company is called Black Star Pan-African Community. Uh, so we can literally show you this is the ownership of us as a people who have put our money together that have traveled, and we can really connect you with, at the business conference to Africans and that have, have moved there, uh, business people that you're going to need to know to get things done in the country, and then just, just you know, good people that we just have around in general to make sure that you're good and they'll check up on you. So for me, that's the best way to enter a country and to have success. So I see people, when they get to Africa, they run into drama and problems, but then again, they don't follow certain protocol. And, you know, they have a right to do what they want to do and if they want to mess up the experience. But people like myself always say to everyone that's family, um, now, if you t want to have a conversation about Africa, you can call me. Um, there's no consultation. My goal is to talk to people, build relationship, and anything that I can do for someone to share or point them in the right direction, I'm open to. And if they want to come on our tours and come on our, our business connection and things like that, they're, they're more than welcome once they're clear about certain things, but it's never something forced on them. But definitely always want to make sure that we share good experience and information. So a lot of things that we have is We've recorded a lot of videos on the process of repatriation, investment, uh, whether it's through interviews or that's in the country. Uh, so even beyond that, I know sometimes it's not going to get everyone, but I always send folks and people like myself out there, but they literally have to just do the research and find us online. 
Bomani, let me ask you this question, and then um, I'd like for you to tell our listeners where you can be reached via, uh, via social media or via social media, email, phone number, all that. Uh, economically, how can those brothers and sisters in the diaspora make a living for themselves uh, through the repatriation piece? And, and you know, you, we are hearing now about the year of return, and we're coming up on another anniversary, I think in December, if I'm not mistaken, with the year of return. Are you affiliated or do you, are you collaborating with that organization or is it just a title, the year of return, where other Africans um, are just collectively coming together to welcome our brothers and sisters from the diaspora? Um, economically, how is it feasible for our people when they decide to repatriate? Say they want to repatriate today to Ghana, to Africa, right? Economically, how can they, how can they survive and make a living for themselves? Yes, as far as survive, make a living for yourself, um... I would have to base that on your experience in America. Um, not every, not all of us have these skills and these positions and things like that. And as I was just saying to you, that I was in the U.S. Navy, so I learned one uh, unique skill, which is aircraft maintenance, that got me connected into information technology and, and other things. But as far as um, the best thing I would recommend anyone is build your business, build your skills now. And now if you're 30, 40, 50 years old, I would think that you'd have time to, to build certain things. So what you do is you put your energy with several other people's energy, and what you can do on the African continent, um, whatever country you choose, you rent a house for maybe a year, and you find you know the best price for a long-term rental, and then also you put your ground game together as far as getting your business set up and organized. And then with this, you, I mean, I'm basically saying people would have to have a bunch of things already in place, especially the need to know how and understanding, because then... All you need to get is a lawyer or a consultant in the country to help you do the rest. And um, then you have to set up to be something to where you're not so much um, doing business to where you're stressing the local clientele. You're also more tapping into financial resources of international, you know, the international world. So, for example, you get to Ghana and you build a real estate development company to where you help people um, you know, get homes or get settled or take care of a lot of the, the, the groundwork for them. That's a way to make some unique money, and then now you don't only just have local customers, you have a lot of international customers, so that will help. Uh, uh, tech support and you know, private business consultation based on your expertise, and that becomes something that you're offering there on the continent and in the diaspora itself. Uh, so uh, these things work effectively if they're planned out and you start building your custom base and you have things set up in the U.S. And then once you get to Ghana, you can tap more into local customer and, and clientele like one of the business I do plan on doing beyond tourism is, you know, my IT service and consultation business and li- literally looking to go after a contract basis to where we can provide technical support for, you know, certain black-owned uh, uh, enterprises in America or other parts of the world. And then uh, other business, tourism. I can run my tourism business from Ghana. Uh, when I'm doing tours to Tanzania, I just have to organize certain things to where we fly from Ghana to Tanzania. Other people could meet us in Tanzania. And, uh, you know, you literally just work it from there and you build it on up. Uh, but there's no limitations to what you can build. It just takes the level of this organizing it, uh, doing all your ground research, having some of the best people to have your back, and really just putting it in perspective and putting the, the work and time into it, and it will get there in Africa. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that growth, but if you kind of don't have the team set up and you kind of want to do things more individually and you don't have that kind of support, it's going to be a little more trickier. And if you went with $50,000, $50,000, $100,000, go out quick. So even if you just have $10,000 and you, you, you keep on, you know, you're making money, 
uh, or if you're generating income, uh, you're good to go. You're, you'll be more of a survivor than someone coming a large uh, sum of money and then it may take them 10 years to even make some more money from that business because they just don't have it established. Wonderful, man. You've mentioned some great valid points. I, I certainly appreciate that. So tell us uh, how our listeners can contact you on social media and how, uh, how you can be reached before we get out of here and close. Uh, yes, um, our website is Africa for the African dot org uh email is afta2010 at msn.com i am on facebook as um on uh, facebook is facebook.com forward slash bomani or you type in bomani and it will uh, come up uh same thing uh instagram uh bomani2015 uh twitter bomani2010 and then as far as uh youtube bomani2007 and uh, once you're on my YouTube channel, you see literally about uh, about a good 13 uh, straight years of video documentation in Africa, um, including countries like uh, uh, Ghana, Togo, Benin, Ethiopia. Even have a nice little journey uh, in uh, Brazil to show the African presence in Brazil. Man, that is phenomenal, brother. We want to say thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you coming on to the show. We look forward to having you back, brother. Thank you so much. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you, and uh, take care, family. All right, guys. There you are. You listen to. Brother Bomani, he's talking about repatriation and why repatriation is a beautiful thing. So until next time, guys, stay blessed and stay tuned for more. Peace and love.